0: So let's talk about identity. There's so much we can talk about identity, so we'll break this up in about three parts. Um, Some new things the Lord has been showing me and some things that we've been studying as a leadership team and just teaching our leaders. Um, But the the reason I need to get my identity beliefs right in my heart is because they determine the automatic choices that I make every day. What I believe about myself About me and about who I am is more important than my goals, than my strategy, than my knowledge, than my education um, for success and happiness. And I'll say that a few times during this teaching, but it's what I believe about me, what I believe about who I am is more important than setting goals, is more important than strategy, is more important than i got to read this book because this book is going to change my life, okay? If it's the Bible, that is true, right? But, you know, other books, right? A lot of times we ask the question, well, I want to know what that guy's doing. What did he do? How did he become so successful? How did he become so happy? How did he get so in such good shape? How did... And, we, and we want to know, you know, what they did and what they know when in actuality the most important thing is how they believe about themselves, what they believe about themselves, that really is what holds everything together because you can have all the right information, all the right education, all the right strategies, all the right goals and, and all of that. But if your identity is not good, is not whole, it's not where it needs to be, you will end up sabotaging yourself no matter how much information you have. You know, we live in the age of information. The information is at our fingertips. You know, you just go, hey, Google, you know, and he'll tell you something very accurate. You go, hey, Siri, then you're a little deceived. But, you know, at the end of the day, we can find out any information on the internet anytime, you know, and and do research and, and all this stuff. And, and the knowledge is there. But knowledge isn't the answer, right? And I'll prove it to you. You know, you have someone who's been to prison for stealing, right? Grand theft, whatever. They're out on probation. You have a ankle bracelet on, they have to check in, you know, any false moves, and they're back in in prison, right? And so they know, they've had counselors, they've talked to people, you know, and people have told them, like, hey, if you uh, if you steal as much as a piece of gum you know, out of the Circle K, you're going back for a long time, and you know you don't want that, right? Yeah, no, I don't want that, you know, that's, that's bad, it's horrible, hey, I'm free now, I have an opportunity, right? Okay, good, so you know That stealing is stealing, right? Yes, yes. No matter how small, no matter how, it doesn't matter. Stealing is stealing, right? Yeah, I know that. I know that. Okay, You know the consequences. Yeah, I know that. that. There's a, you know, an opportunity and there's a wallet just sitting there. Nobody's watching it and his instinct just goes, walks away, takes it, right? Well, later on, cops come to his house or arrest him, you know. There's video of him taking it and like we told you, Why'd you do it? See, information isn't enough. Information is not enough to change our lives. Information is not enough to keep us you know, from doing the things that we know are going to hurt us and harm us. So how many times have you said, oh, I knew better? Anybody? Oh, I knew better. I knew better. And I still did it. I knew if I went out with that group of people, I was going to end up drunk. I knew if I went out with that guy, it was going to get me in trouble. I knew that if I got involved in that type of business, it was going to bite me again. i knew, like How many times have we done things that we know, that we have information about very clear that tells us it's not going to be good for us, but yet we do it again? Why? And the reason is because information lives on the left side of the brain, and the left side of the brain, you know, it has to do with management, it has to do with organization, it has to do with strategy, with decision-making, it has to do with all of that, you know, and it's the slow side of the brain, we could call it, the left side, Uh, but the right side of the brain, is the right, it's the the fast track or the fast side of the brain, and that is where uh, the automatic things that we do are stored. And you want to know which one is a key one that is stored in that side? Is your identity. Your identity is stored on the right side of the brain. So here's what happened. You know, this guy comes out. He knows on his on his brain, his left side. You know, he knows the consequence. He knows what not to do. He knows what can happen. He knows all this stuff. But when the moment comes, the opportunity, when it gets pressed, and there's a chance for sin, left side is gone. Right side automatically does what identity tells it to do. And since he is still a thief in his heart, a convict, then identity tells him what to do right away. And that's why he did it. So you can read all the books about finances that you want. You can read all, you know, uh Hang around with with the right people and you can do all this stuff. But when it comes down to it, if you win the lottery or you strike a big deal, if your identity still says that you're poor and you're going to end up like your parents or your grandparents broke at the end of their life, guess what you're going to do? You're going to lose it all. Because your identity is the limitation of what you're able to do and accomplish in life. Are you with me? And so that's why um, when we are uh, in Christ, the Bible tells us that we are a new creation, Second Corinthians, right? It says we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed, all things have been made new. You're be- you've been made new. So you're no longer an alcoholic, you're no longer a drug addict. You're no longer a thief. You're no longer that's that can no longer be part of your identity. We have to then see what does the Bible said about me because that's the thing I have to believe. Otherwise, I run the risk of continuing to do the same thing just automatically because it's in my identity. Is this helping anybody? All right, let's see. I want to draw something. Well, let's see. All right. so left was... this is some uh, correlations that the Holy Spirit just showed me and um, and I want to share with you because um, I believe we're we're in a time of opportunity I believe that um, you know if we're speaking financially I believe that the, the country is headed for you know, a bottom, you know, economically pretty soon. And uh, and that's why we taught a series called Recession Proof last year, which if you haven't done anything about becoming recession proof, you might still be on time. So go listen to it and do something about it, okay? Uh, because we don't have to go with the country's economy. We don't have to go with the world's economy. We are recession proof, you know, uh, because our finances are established in the kingdom of heaven. He is our provider. He is our source. And so but we have to believe it. We have to change the way we believe it, and we have to change some things that we do, okay, just to use wisdom. And so, um, and so we say left, left brain is it's the, slow, it's the slow side, and right brain is the fast one, okay? Uh, it's what we also call the subconscious. Uh, left, left, left brain is the conscious um, side of the brain. And, um, and over here we store, we'll just put uh, management. And over here is our identity, okay? Our identity is over there. And so this is the reason why information isn't enough. Because this is the fast side. This will always trump the left side. It doesn't matter what you know. If it's not in your heart, in your subconscious, if it's not in that part of the brain, in your identity... You know, wherever you want to, if it's in your heart or if it's in your right side of your brain, it doesn't matter. It's the subconscious part. You know, if it's not in your identity, then it's not going to help you. It's it's gonna it's gonna beat the left side ten out of ten times. The reason why people stay in toxic relationships is the reason why girls stay with abusive boyfriends. There's the reason why you know people stay with abusive bosses. It's 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 like they know better. Everybody around them is telling them, "Hey." Why are you still with this person? They're going to do the same thing again. You know, the dog is still biting. <laughs> and why? Because something in their identity is causing them to continue going back to that same thing. Their identity is saying something. You're not worth it. Their identity is saying, you don't deserve this. You're damaged goods. Your identity is saying, like, get used to this. this is as good as it's going to get you know and so consciously we try to fight that right so we look for information and information and information and things like that say the contrary that will help me get out of here and they'll help you get out of there but it's never going to be good enough and it's never going to be fast or strong enough unless it's part of your identity okay man okay you guys are so quiet. And so what I believe about me and what I believe about who I am is more important than my goals, plans, knowledge, and strategies, education, whatever it is for success and happiness, okay? Um, even uh, Paul, Paul describes a situation uh, in Romans 7 Says where, where he's saying like, you know, there's a point in our lives, you know, there's a state in, in our soul that sometimes uh, we do what we don't want to do. And it's like this struggle, like, I'm doing what I don't want to do, and I know it's wrong. And he's describing that very thing. He's describing a, a unrenewed mind that has not experienced transformation versus, you know, one in, in chapter 8 where it is no longer under condemnation. You know, one that is now whole, one that is no longer under the hold of sin. And so... Um, this is also very, um, you know, one of the comparisons that, uh, that we'll do here is um, grace versus the law. You know, and last week I talked a little bit about, you know, grace versus the law. Um, you've heard Nick teach about it, uh, force versus power. You know, on the left side you have force. And that's literally what that means, is when you're doing something, you're forcing something, or you, you just trying really hard on your own, and it's not happening, you're trying to kick down a door, and the door keeps swinging back at you, and it's like, ah, that's force, you're trying to force something, but when the power of God is involved, you know, it's, when God is involved, it's, it's power, you know, he opens the door, and I gave you the example of how we, how we got that building over there, you know, like, I'd been trying to force some things, and then Lord's like, rest, you know, stop pushing on those doors, you know, I'm bringing it to you. And then power kicked in, and the favor of God kicked in, and, and there was no way we could close that door. It was just the right door, you know, undoubtedly the right door to walk through. Are you following me? You know, so force versus power. We have uh, the law, you know, the power of the law versus grace, right? Because grace empowers us. Um, to do what God's called us to do, grace empowers us for uh, for our divine purpose and destiny. And so, uh, it's like it's like this comparison, right? We we're either under grace and we're empowered and it's part of identity, or we're you know religiously forcing things on our own, trying to be right, trying to be good enough, trying to make things happen on our own. Are you following this? Okay. And so, more important than anything is. What do I really believe about me? What do I really believe about me? And you find out what you believe about you when you're pressed and you see what your reaction is. When you're pressed, when you're under a a, a circumstance or a situation that that is a... That is a test or it feels like a trial or it feels like, you know, a bad moment or or a heated situation or temptation is knocking at the door and the wallet is sitting there in front of the guy that is on probation. Like in those moments is when you find out what's really in your identity center. Because your first reaction, your first instinct, that's what it does, right? It, it, it tells you what's in there. Okay. Only Nick is following, but that's that's enough, you know. I'm here for the one. So grace is in the right brain, fast track, okay? It empowers us to, riv- to live a righteous life. But the slow track management, you know, is, is the left side, okay? Um, same way that the law is alone, you know, like management systems alone, but the fast track is followed by slow track. So, so what happens is when we are in grace... Things follow. Mercy, goodness, favor, power follows. Okay, When we're under the law and and we're just trying on our own, on our management, on our logic, on our, on our own strength, then it's hard. Amen. Can any of you identify these things in your life? Can any of you identify when you've forced things or when you have just done it with God? Yeah? Okay. Um, can any of you identify cycles in your life where you don't know why you keep going back to the same thing or ending up in the same toxic situation, right? And so I want to say, again, it is because of something you believe about yourself. Um, Let's open up uh, and and let's go to um, 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Um, I want to talk about what I believe is the two most important elements of our identity. Identity is is a multi layered thing, okay? It's like this your identity is like a Swiss army knife. You know, how how many of you have seen those Swiss army knives? They're like about this thick, right? And they have like, not long, thick, right? Because they have a million different. You know, knives and and the one with teeth and the and then the my dad had one that even had a, um, a magnifying glass and, and just like you know all anything you can imagine is inside that knife like that's all you need for life you know and so that's our identity our identity is like that and the more we walk with God we discover all the layers of our identity okay I remember. Still to this day, I have one of those, and there's some that I don't know what they're for. <laughs> oh my God, what is this one for, you know? And there's things that God has put inside of us that we still don't know what they're for. But as you're walking with the Lord, and as you're, you know, walking in this relationship with Him, He's like, ah, see that one that you don't know what it's for? This is what it's for. You didn't know you were going to become a dad, and you were going to need this, right? Oh, thank God I have this, you know? You didn't know you were going to do this in life, and now here's another part of that. And so, that's our identity. It's multifaceted, but m- many of us think we're just a keychain. Just a simple keychain. Like, there's nothing else to it. And you're just like everybody else. No. Your identity is full of different things. You know, for example, I am not just a pastor. If you didn't know that, I also have feelings. <laughs> <Just> I'm <kidding. laughs> I'm not just a pastor. I have I am a. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a friend. Uh, I am a cousin. I am a brother. I am a son. I am not a mother, and I will never be. I can't. Okay. <laughs> we have the whole month for these kind of jokes. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> right. All the. All these things. I'm. I'm a businessman. I am a right now I'm a contractor. No, I'm no, but we have all these hats that we wear that are part of part of our identity, but they don't determine our value and they don't determine our worth. Okay? They're functional ones. One day I'll be a grandparent and I will discover that my Swiss Army knife has something in there to spoil kids. Because right now, I don't feel like spoiling any kids. And I sure hope it's like a Visa or a MasterCard in that, you know, thing. Because... but see what I mean? Like, as we grow and as we move into life with the Lord, we we discover all the things that God has put inside of us. You know, and so we can't say we're just the one thing, you know. But there is a couple very important ones that are in the Bible that... All of us, children of God, if you've accepted Jesus in your heart, that's who you are. And these are the foundational ones that help us have a strong, solid, biblical identity in the Lord that, that will protect us from, you know, falling to the enemy's lies and traps, okay? And so in, in 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, "He who made uh, he, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Okay? Um, We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and that is a gift. We cannot brag about being the righteousness of God, about being a righteous person, because we didn't earn it with our merit, but it was a gift. You're righteous. Because God knew that we had to be righteous before we ever acted righteously. Why? Because that's part of our identity. And the problem is when the religious folks, you know, try to be righteous before on their own merit in order to feel righteous. But that's... Left-side operating. That's force. That's the religious Pharisees. That's, that's, that's impossible to do anyways. Nobody can fulfill the law. The law was introduced, what? To show us that we needed a Savior. To show us our sin. And that's why we cannot say we are sinners saved by grace and expect our life to change. Because if you say I'm a sinner saved by grace, then you're attaching sinner to your identity. So therefore, therefore you will sin automatically for the rest of your life. Oh, but I am not good enough to call myself righteous. Well, good thing that the Bible makes it really clear. It's a gift. Don't worry nobody thinks that you earned it on your own <laughs> i don't want anybody to think that i'm you know i'm righteous because uh, no don't worry but we need to believe right that we are righteous you know know how the process happened it happened by putting our faith in jesus and when we put our faith in jesus and the gift of righteousness was given to us and it's like ha huh, because of faith not because of works And now we're empowered by the grace of God to actually live a righteous life. To produce righteous fruit in our life. So the thief, who now starts renewing his mind to to believe the word of God, what the word of God says about him, that he is the righteousness of God, automatically is going to say, that's not mine. That's not right. Yeah? Yeah. So what do you believe about yourself is more important than your plans and strategies and education and knowledge, whatever you can have. Because if you don't believe that about who you are in Christ Jesus, then you're going to end up sabotaging yourself again. Okay. Um, 1 John 5.19 says, We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. Okay? We are what? Children of God. Okay, so important. That's the other one. So we are children of God because, again, we put our faith in Jesus Christ. It says in Romans 8, 16, and 17, it says, For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So we have evidence. It's the Spirit of God in us that tells us, yes, you're a child of God. It says, and and since we are His children, we are His heirs. See, our identity comes with perks. We have an inheritance. see. And so these are the things that as we study and we put in in our heart what God says about us, it starts developing faith for other things. Because if I'm a child of God, if I believe I'm a child of God, then I also, that also means I'm an heir and I have an inheritance from God. It means I'm important. Kind of a big deal. One of a kind. See, a lot of times we we hear uh, people's identity and it just comes out real religious, you know. Like, who are you? I'm a child of God, son of the most high. Who are you? I'm Ben, you know. (laughs) And and so I want to say that our identity in Christ is, 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 is more of a knowledge in our heart than a proclamation and a title tag to other people. See, because a lot of people say it, but they don't really act it. They, they don't really believe it. There's a there's a story that I always love about um, Andrew Wommack tells it, and he said there was a guy who uh, you, I've told this before, so you've heard it, but he said there's a guy who uh, was addicted to marijuana, and he gave his life to the Lord, and he said, you know, Pastor, he said, I'm I'm I want to give it up, but I just have this very strong addiction, this very strong urge. You know, every every night, you know, uh, it, it just I crave it, you know, and he's like, "Okay, listen, don't worry, you know, God's not freaking out about it, and he can set you free, and so what the religious people would do is they would give him a list, they would give him, you know, an accountability partner, like, all right, you know, I'm going to call you every day, see if you did it. What's going to happen? Eventually, he's just not going to pick up the phone or come back to church because I gave him nothing inside his identity to change that, that desire uh, you know, for that addiction that he has, right? And so I could I pray for him, and, 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 and we certainly should do that. But strategies and plans and all this stuff is only good if this is in the right place. And so he told him this. He said, listen, when you have the urge, all I want you to do is remember and declare with your voice, you know, it, just by themse- by yourself right there, and say, I am the righteousness of God. Okay. Even if I'm going to, he's like, yeah, even if you're going to, you know, just, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Like, okay, you know, so next day he goes, and he gets the urge in the afternoon, and so um, he goes, I'm the righteousness of God. And uh, nothing happens, so he continues, he rolls it up, you know, I'm the righteousness of God. Nothing happens. Put it in his mouth. He goes, I'm the righteousness of God. <laughs> Nothing happens. <laughs> I'm the, ra- <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm the righteous. He, and he he said that at that moment, everything changed. Like the taste changed. The, uh, He was disgusted by it. He tossed it to the ground, stepped on it, and never again touched one of those uh, marijuana, you know, whatever, cigarettes or whatever. See, um, I don't know what I'm talking about. So he never ever uh, did marijuana again. But it was something that he was renewing his mind in order to be transformed in his heart so that his identity would be settled and that he is the righteousness of God before he ever acts like a righteous person. Because that's why he gave us a gift. God knew it has to be in there first. You have to be it to act like it first. See, we say that the process of... Uh, um, it, it looks like this. In, religiously, they say you behave You believe like us, and then you belong. But when you come to the body of Christ, when you accept Jesus in your heart, you belong by faith, then you believe, which you renew your mind, and then as a fruit, you start acting differently. You behave differently. See, and religious folks always try to change people's behavior first. Like, man, you're going to make us look bad. You know, you got to recite everything the right way first. That's impossible. That's just left-side, religious, law-abiding, you know, mindsets that are never going to produce change in your life. And so that's why God knew he needed to give us righteousness as a gift so that we would be the righteousness of God, and then we would start acting like it. Because it requires faith to believe you're the righteousness of God, especially when you're misbehaving. Amen? All right, is this helping anybody? And so... Um, Philippians 3.20 says, But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. And so we see three things. We see we're the righteous of God, we're children, so we're righteous children of God, and we're also citizens of a different kingdom, which is the kingdom of heaven. Are you with me? So we are not from this world anymore. We have different principles, and we can now start believing those as part of who we are, and that will start changing what we do. That will start changing our response, our reaction. The more I um, believe my identity like God says about it, the more I will display it. The more I will behave. And the way you start telling is when those pressing situations happen, when you're, the temptation comes, when the thug calls you, do you want to go out and you know it's going to end up wrong? And you go, hmm. what comes out of your heart first? Sorry, can you tell that I am a very zealous dad? (laughs) What comes out of your heart is telling you what's in your identity, what you believe about yourself. Because if you have to settle and compromise in a relationship, it's because something inside of you doesn't believe you deserve better. And something inside of you, the voice of the enemy is accusing you, ah, you're not good enough, you've messed up, you're too old, your time has passed, your damaged goods... Did you guys like me better when I was on a walker or what? <laughs> like, I oh, don't know, pastor. Maybe take some more time, recover better, come back later when you're not so intense. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> not about everything I'm teaching. You know? <laughs> and so it's so important. Who do I believe I am? You know, Do I believe I'm a child of God? Because if I believe I'm a child of God and I'm an heir of God, then there's no way that I think poverty is okay. It is not okay. I'm a child of God, the king of the universe. Money is just a resource in order to do what we need to do. That's all.